Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Previously on A New Winter, I turned around to see Dr. Carver inject something into my throat, and seconds later, I was unconscious. The last words I heard were two these. Let's see what darkness there is inside him. And with that, I was gone. This is episode 61 of A New Winter. I woke back up in my hotel room the next day. I remember still feeling groggy. I was adamant that yesterday's events weren't a dream, that something had happened, that I'd been drugged. I had a cold shower and ventured outside, unsure what was to be my next move. Had I truly seen Michael only hours ago? Was this case even worth pursuing anymore? It sounded like... Oh, to hell with it, I thought. I'm done. I'm going home. And I walked to my car. As I did so, I noticed a shifty-looking character standing close to where I'd seen Michael during yesterday's raid. Whomever it was, was pacing around in circles and was clearly waiting for something or someone. When I got closer, I realised who it was. Dubridge, I shouted. The figure ducked down at the noise. Is that you? I asked. Oh, for Pete's... Yes, Crawley, it's me. I just... What happened to you? he asked. What? Nothing. What do you mean? They got to you, didn't they? he insisted. Do you have any idea what you've become now? I've honestly no idea what you're talking about, I said. I was confused as to what he was referring to. What I'd become? I was sure I looked exactly the same in the mirror this morning. What was he seeing that I wasn't? Fuck, he said. He's got to you. He gets to everyone. You're nothing but a vessel now. A vessel for his thirst of power. And you don't have a clue, do you? I just shook my head, not really knowing what to say. Then he looked behind me. They're coming for me, he said. 
I turned around to see a slight crowd gathering. Except these were different. They were dressed normally. They weren't in any kind of trance that I could make out. Inspector Dubridge, came a shout. And I've yet to meet the infamous Inspector Crawley. Apparently, you were quite the centre of tension last night. I turned to see what looked like a priest or a vicar, slowly walking up to both of us. I've noticed you and my brother in cahoots, the man continued. Such a good boy, isn't he? But I know you do, Bridge. You're just using him like you use everybody. Listen, Reynolds, Dubridge began. It's too late, you know, the priest continued. I know he's up there. Brought him up there myself. Needed to get a few of us together, you see, in case he... kicks off. Can't be doing that on my own. No, of course not, Dubridge spat back. Lest you get your own hands dirty. <laughs> Come on, Dubridge, don't be like that. You're the one that's been playing both sides. I think I should go, I began. Oh, running away again, Reynolds started. Don't you see? That's part of the reason you were brought here. You think you're a good cop? A real sleuth? You're not, you're a coward. You solve crimes where you don't put your neck on the line. You're easy to manipulate. You may think you're better than everybody else. Smarter. Stronger. But in fact, it's quite the opposite. What do you want with a wet tissue like you? I just don't know. I was shocked. And yet, he was right. I've always taken the easy path. Avoided real confrontation. I've never really pushed myself. And he knew all this about me, and yet I'd never met this man before in my life. You know what? I've had it with this town, Dubridge started. I haven't changed yet, and I mean not to. I'm going to just... I'm going to just leave here and never come back. Well, Tilly might have kept you free from the darkness, but you're not under his wing anymore, you know. Reynolds' eyes seemed to change, and his mouth turned into a sneer. He looked like he was ready to pounce. Suddenly, he let out a high-pitched scream that made me throw my hands over my ears and recoil. And in that moment, Dubridge made a rush for him and threw him onto the floor. They started fighting, pushing against one another, hardly moving, yet shaking with sheer force, until Dubridge pushed himself away, rolled over and brought out a knife. No, I said, come on, stop, that's enough. And I jumped in the way. Would a coward do this, I thought. Move it, Crawley. It's going to kill us, can't you see? Dubridge shouted, sweat dripping from his brow. But I stood firm. He grabbed my shoulder and forcibly tried to throw me to one side. But I clutched hold of the knife in his hand to stop him, and in the confusion felt it slip and thrust into his stomach. He took a step back, clutching at his open wound, and I looked down at my hand and the bloody knife it contained. Oh, sh- I, I'm, I began... But Dubridge stared at me in shock. Then at Reynolds, who was starting to approach us. And Dubridge just ran off towards the hotel as fast as he could. Don't worry, Reynolds came up to me and said. We know where he's going. Then him and the rest of the small crowd followed after him at an extremely slow pace. Who are you, really? I called after the priest. Just someone looking for some answers, he said, and continued to walk off. I headed in the opposite direction. I wanted to get out of here. This had all become too much. I couldn't believe I just... I just stabbed a man. What would my boss say? I didn't know what to do. and I, I thought, well, the only thing I can do is... I need to lay low for a while, but... 
But where? Where would I go? Well, there was one place I knew that no one would look for me, where I could hide for a little while. The forest. I quietly kept my head down and shuffled into the nearest entrance to the forest I could find. It didn't take long. It was almost as if the trees surrounded the town, keeping the rest of the world at bay. The night had already started to come along quicker than I expected. Instead of entering too deep into the forest, I kept to the line of trees and made my way to higher ground. The whole town seemed rather flat, but I made a beeline for what I thought would be a good vantage point to see if anyone comes for me, police or otherwise. Maybe Reynolds was right. Maybe I was a coward. I mean, here I was, hiding, waiting for whatever was happening down there to come to an end, and making sure no one was after me. It was pathetic. I pulled my coat closer around me. I was hoping it would still keep me warm throughout the night should it need to, but I decided that soon, under the cover of complete darkness, I'd find the nearest car, break into it if I have to, and get the hell out of here, just drive off. It's ludicrous that they think they can keep me here, I remember thinking. I'm not tied to a born chain. I'm completely alone, who would know? As my eyes started to close, a sudden piercing blue light filled the sky. I threw my hand in front of my face to block it out and noticed it seemed to be coming from a tower in the distance. Then as quickly as it started, it stopped. Inspector Crawley, a voice piped up behind me. As I turned around, I saw a hooded man standing there. Then slowly, others emerged from within the trees, all of them hooded. I immediately was on my guard. Don't worry, the voice said. We just need your help. We're not your enemy. We've been watching you. And with that, the man threw back his hood and revealed a sight I'll never be able to unsee. His face... His face wasn't just one face. It was made up of completely different faces. Eyes, different shapes and colour, thick lips that thinned out at the end, a sunken cheek with jowls mixed with a rather young spotty cheek on the other side. It was mesmerising and horrific at the same time. It was like Frankenstein's monster, but... but without the stitches, as if it as if it was put together naturally. The other figures stepped forward, all cloaked, and removed their hoods to reveal something similar. Although they all looked different, they all seemed to be a mishmash of different faces. It was bizarre. Who who are you all? I asked. We're failures. Sacrifices that have escaped, experiments gone wrong, people lost between consciousness. All of the above, you could say. And I'm afraid that time is of the essence. We need to show you something. We need you to understand something. Understand what? What's happening here? And how you can stop it? Me, I said. What can I do? Please, just just come with us. I followed cautiously and walked beside the man in the front of the group. Where are we going? I asked. We're going to go to our home, he answered. Or what we call our home now. You see, we've all been created to suffer, to live in torment. And this, this existence needs to end. It's nothing but someone's sick little fantasy. And we are the victims. You have to understand that we shouldn't exist. I went to ask more questions, but he held out his hand, gesturing me to step forward in front of him. We're here, he said. And we came to a small clearing with our makeshift huts, as if we were in some kind of refugee camp. This is the closest to the edge of town we can get without being noticed, he said, 
I nodded and walked around, taking everything in. Within each hut were many more people with the same condition, all male. They were just sitting outside, some talking to one another in low voices, but the whole settlement felt... It felt solemn, sad. What is this place? From the moment of that last blue light you saw, emanating from the tower, time started at a zero point. Bubba has seemingly come close to realising his true power. The young boy that inhabits that being has almost completely dissipated, leaving Bob to now be able to destroy this town and thus bring on the end of days for everyone within it. More... That seems... dramatic. Shouldn't we just leave then? There is no leaving. If we don't stop this, we're doomed. Our brothers that you do not see here have been consumed by this town, literally. They feed off our flesh in order to remain alive. They create us to destroy us. We have but one chance. We must bring out what little is left of the humanity in the creature. We must somehow... We must somehow bring him back. Okay, and how do you do that? Through what makes us human. Our emotions. They must be strong enough to fully encapsulate what is left of him before it's too late. What, like you you want him to fall in love with me or something? Love, hatred. They are perhaps the strongest of all, but if we are still talking, it means the boy hasn't given up just yet. So he must make sure he stays there, that he's focused. He feels something, something to live for. Where is he? I asked. Well, right now, he's beneath us. He's been reborn with some more DNA mixed into his being. This time, with Mr. Tooley's flesh. They are one now. So wait, does that mean that... Does that mean Mr. Tooley is dead? Yes, said the man. Murdered by those loyal to Reynolds' cause. And now the result of this creature's form is more dangerous than ever. There's no telling what could happen. But we must act fast before it is too late. Well, how do I fit into any of this? Why me? Well, you... You are an outsider. You're a real human, and... And like us, you're a police officer. You have certain skills. We've wondered... Well, we wonder if the boy within is perhaps... It's perhaps not the answer. As we've tried to engage with him previously, but... Whether we focus on the more... Let's say, intense emotion of another part of him. Someone who has committed an act of passion unlike... Unlike anything else. Perhaps we must engage the evil within him. The part even more despicable than Thule... We perhaps must bring out the Stockwell part of him. The father who murdered his family. Yes. Please, find out all you can. Hunt him down and see if you can save him. Save all of us. Well, I can try, but how will I find him if he's, if he's beneath us? Let us handle that. Our brothers can see about flushing him out. We may barter with the man of wires, give him something he wants. The Man of Wires. If you don't know, it's best to keep it that way. Now please leave us in case someone comes looking for you. You must keep all of this a secret, of course. And with that, the man turned to walk away without saying another word. Not even a please, I thought, 
and wandered back towards the town, in the hope that everything had died down. Once I reached civilization, I couldn't help but feel that something had just happened, or was about to happen. The snow, the silence, the lack of people, it all felt very unnatural. I managed to find my way back to the Bell Hotel and took the time to get some seriously needed shut-eye, not knowing that the next day would bring about one of the most curious days of my entire life. I want to thank our patrons for supporting the show. You can become one now by going to patreon.com slash a new winter or click on the link at our website at newwinter.com. There you can find more information including a link to our merchandise page and how you can contact us. Remember, you can always follow us on Twitter at newwinter, facebook.com slash a new winter or email us directly at a new at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, please rate us on your podcast platform of choice as it can really make a big difference. Thank you for listening. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.